episode of Miss Listen Knows is brought to you by God Is My Publicist TM. That's right, my own brand. So head over to MissListenKnows.com and get your product. We got some deals happening, and it's perfect stocking stuffers. Or, I mean, put it in the box. Whatever you want to do, support the movement. Al. You now tune into Miss List. You can't miss this. Body on point, Miss Thick. Plus, I got the juice, Miss Thick. Dave Chappelle swag, I'm rich, bitch. Feeling so fucked up, doing shots. Yeah, don't throw up. No chasers, no mixers. What's this elixir? Got me blinded by these flickers as we posing for these pictures. Bitches really think they cute. I think they goggles filled with liquor. Hey, mister, get in this. I'm single. No missus. No side chick. I'm a tempstress. I know you like this. I got your interest. Ha! Spit that gorilla flow. Got the monkey bars. Not the token rap, bitch. I'm a metro card. You can't swipe my swag. Mm-hmm. I turn styles hard. I'm moving too fast. You in the past. Look, your styles wash. Look like you stepped out the bathtub. I see man. Suds being wax sucks. Looks like you know too much about that. That sucks. You the type to bag niggas. They bag us, cause we the bad us. Ha! I had to do one of my originals because I got money nails in the building. What's I'm trying up? to get discovered. I'm trying to get discovered. What's up? What's up? I know you had um you had it in you like I that. I got a little something in me. Got a little growing up, I always wanted to be. Uh, DJ, mm-hmm. because you know <clears throat> that's how I got in. The, in because the game. there was no, there was no, you know, internet mm-hmm. DJ. If in order to be on the radio, you had to be a DJ. Right. So that's what I wanted to do. So and then me wanting to be a DJ, just honing on my love for music, and then I wanted to be a rapper. But really. I just wanted to be discovered by you. How did, how did I do? <laughs> you did good. Like, it's like American Idol. What, how did I do? Money you did good. Nails. You got flow. You got flow. So you know? I'm really excited for this um this episode of Miss Listen Knows here with Money Nails, who is NYC royalty. He is an icon <laughs> walking. And what I love most about him is that he's always on the low. Like you have to know, to know, to know, to know right. who's on this show. <laughs> and you are about to learn. So I've known who you are, of course, because your money knows. You and I just met recently, but I am most familiar with you when you were producing a show for G Unit. Right. Because, yeah, Shade Four Five. Uh, right. Um we had um I actually had the opportunity when we got the we got on the floor, I wanna say it was two thousand five, uh, that they gave Shady Record they gave Eminem a channel. And with that channel they gave fifty cent a day out of that. So right. like it was uh G Unit Radios on Saturday and I actually had the honor to produce uh a couple radio shows on Saturdays and then um after I did that, I, pretty much we started off as uh, air personalities, me and my brother Gabi. We had a, co- a show called the Gomez Brothers. Right. So we were like the two Spanish idiots who would just talk about rap, hip-hop culture. And, uh, you know, they loved us. The people that put us on loved our energy just how we were. Right. So they just said, let's see if we could translate this to radio because they tried to give us a shot at Hot 97 before and... A couple other places, so... Were you guys too raw for Hot 97? Yeah, yeah. We, we was babies too early. Even though shout-outs to Tracy, Clority, and Ebro, they were, it was their idea. And Sergeant Hawkins, too. They was like, yo, these guys are funny. Like, let's sh- let's try them. And then, you know, we know in New York City, there's a big Latin market. So right. they said, maybe this is what's coming on. This was happening at the time. Let's try it out. And what's crazy is it was around the time Star and Buck Wild had left uh, Hot 97. Hot 97. And then Sway came in, and then Sway, like, in a year left, yeah. like, out of nowhere. And then they was like, and Tracy was like, let's try out Nelson and Gabby. And we was on 
for like a whole week. Y'all almost had the morning show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We was there for like a whole week, but we were so raw and rough. Like, Miss Info was actually the driver. Wow. Yeah, they was because they they needed a driver in the right. room, somebody to talk. So they would give us the concepts, and you know, I know what it was because she would say, "Well, you know, in the news today, blah blah." And then me and Gabby would say our stupid jokes, right? And then it became something. And then, like, I think on the third day, we had a bunch of stuff going on, but it was, it was hard not to curse. It was like, it was you know, the dumb button was on on ready. Uh, you know, just in case we was wilding out. <laughs> right. We was talking in Spanish. We were cursing in Spanish, thinking, you know, it wasn't going to be an issue. So, right. like, Spanish people were calling up, like, yo, yo. they bugging. Like, yeah, so, uh, but it was good. It was just a little good little trial. So, shout out to her. What and time Evo. did your show come on when they was trying you out? The morning It was show? at 6 in the morning. Oh, From snap. 6 to 10. It was from 6. They gave us, it was a week. It was, I think, it was, I want to say, I can't say it was either a short week or I know. Yeah, it was, no, it was a regular week. We was there from Monday to that Friday. And it was hell because, you know, we had to be there at 5.30 in the morning going through current events and stuff like that. And then after 10, we had to do drops and talk to people and stuff like that. And then after that, we would go to our regular jobs and be there till like 10, 12 o'clock at night and then come right back and do it again the next day. So that week was was definitely something, you know, I ain't experienced So did you time. did you want it after the full week was done or were you like, you know what, fuck that, I don't want it. I wanted to do it, I just didn't want to do it there. Right. I felt like that, like, you know, that platform was too big. Uh, you know, you everybody that's that's been successful at radio, they started somewhere. So Star and Buck Wild, I remember at Hot 97, they started on a Sunday night. Then, you know, they were writers also for the morning show when Ed Lover and Dr. Dre was there. They used to write for them, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of people, it's, it's in the history. Uh, so they started on a Sunday night. I think they was on after Stretch Armstrong, or they took over Stretch's show. And then after that, they became the morning guys. Sway already had experience from L.A., so that was a different vibe. Us, we was just straight raw. Right. We would, like, we'd be the two guys in the barbershop snapping on each other. You know, that's how me and Gabby was. But it was raw, and they loved it. Tracy loved it. She thought it was, like... She said, you know, I made Star and Buck Wow, so we could try this here. And right. I said, well, thank you for the opportunity, but I don't think, you know. I think after the week was up, I was burnt out out of it. And Ebo was like, let's try one more time. Let's go pre-tape stuff. And then I was just like, E, I don't know. And then after that, I got, we ended up getting, from that, we ended up getting Sirius Radio. And once we got Sirius Radio. It's uncut. You could curse. Yeah, so we was just going. You know, we were so raw with it. And then I, we were like the the misfits of Shade 4-5 because Who Kid was the high-powered DJ. Who Kid had the big guest. But then me and Gabby took it upon ourselves to say, let's take on the misfits of... So we were like our first interviews with Max B. And uh, Aww, this is what before... Free Max yeah, B. Yeah, Free Max. Like, we had Joe Ortiz before he popped. We right. had uh, French Montana was brand new, like, before he popped. Y'all was doing the, nobody's doing actually. Right, we were doing it, but we were doing it on a on a satellite level, and it was kind of like those two Spanish guys that everybody wanted to hear because they thought we were crazy. You know what I mean? So, like you know, we used to just shit on everybody, but <laughs> in not, not in a bad way. It would be like Keeping good cop, real. bad cop, and they, like I start I was the driver of that show, and then Gavi because I knew what he would react off of, and then I would have like the humble Jewish girl Donna Jew at the time, and then I had Miss Mimi. She was a personality there too, and. Because I always want a woman's perspective. And, you know, it's kind of like, yo, what is she doing with these two guys? So, right. But we were, it was good. It was a great experience. I did nine years over there. So what made you come out of it? Well, once I parted ways with G-Unit, because I used to work at G-Unit, right. too. So the the love the lovely thing about being at G-Unit Records at the time, I was the head of radio promotions there, was that I speak to every DJ across the country at the time. 
while we were working our records. So now I have the opportunity to not just work our records, but tell a DJ from Miami or tell a DJ from Orlando or from the Bay Area, yo, you guys want to come to New York and be on our radio show. So I had the opportunity to bring in any DJ I wanted. So like Cast One, his first job was really Shade 4-5. That's dope. Even though he's on Hot 97 now in the morning show, he was our DJ first. Uh, Don Juan, Big Vaughn from the Bay Area, who's one of the biggest DJs. Actually, I got him his show. The LA Leakers, when they was nobody, not in, not meaning in a bad way, but just Wait, when kind, they was going to come up. Yeah, yeah. LA Le- like, like just incredible from the LA Leakers was the production guy at Power 106 in LA. Like he's the guy who does your drops. When the rappers come in, hey, we need drops from you. And me and him would talk, and he's like, yo, you know, I'm a DJ, and, you know, we, we kind of got this movement going on out here with the L.A. Leakers, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then next thing you know, once G-Unit Radio got G-Unit Sundays, they wanted us to control Saturday and Sundays. That was my opportunity to bring people in. So I gave Miss Mimi a show. I gave the L.A. Leakers a show, and I gave Big Vaughn the Bay Area show because at the time, L.A. was starting to come in with Kendrick and YG, and we were missing that up at the channel. So, and to this day, they're still there, you know what I mean? So, but reason for parting ways, once I parted ways with the company, I just wanted to part ways all completely and start, yeah, you know, start a new thing. I did nine years of it. Was it a clean break? Yeah, yeah, it was. What made you want to leave? Because, like I said, that's why I knew you. Like, do you feel like that was, like, a a good, I mean, clearly it was good for you, but at that moment, what was your thought process? Like, why did you do it? Right, at the moment, my thought process was G-Unit Records was kind of moving away from the music, and then we lost people in the mix. God bless the dead, Chris Lighty. Yeah. uh, Who was very important to the company at the time. Uh, We lost him, and... The direction where I, I felt like the leader was going fifth was he was like, I'm going to go towards TV, movies, and stuff like that. Like, what you're seeing now, been at G-Unit f- for four or five years. Power scripts, you know, even Den of Thieves, all that stuff. I remember when they were trying to do a um, reality TV show on, Right, right, on which G-Unit. I, that was another thing. And that it was, got real wild when they tried to bring some white women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was, I mean, I wasn't a part of that because, you know, he had asked me. I was like, I really don't want to be on TV. And I was he's like, why wouldn't you want to be on TV? I was like, I don't like, I don't care for that. I like to be in the backgrounds. And he was, I think he was tight about it, but he respected it. <clears throat> but I, I then I started focusing, once he started shifting away from the music, I just started focusing more on the dot-com. And that's how I brought in the Jack Thriller and I brought in a, a, a bunch of other people, uh, no, I remember that's how I met Gossip Viv. Yeah, yeah. Gossip Viv I brought um, in. Um, Thorough. Thorough I brought in. Heineken. Um, Heineken. Those are all my that's kids. That's how I met yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I to go visit Viv one day, and then like they introduced me. But you were like so busy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to bother him too crazy. Like, right. Let me just meet, and then I'll, I'll have my moment. So right. Right. I'm very big on right. timing. So Put, I put it like, like this. I was, and what's crazy is at the time, I was trying to find academics. Like, we're talking about like 2011. I'm trying to find academics. I'm trying to bring Charlemagne before the Breakfast Club to Shape 05. They didn't want him up there. Like, I was Why? trying... at the t- Because, uh, you know, he had just got fired from all the mother stations. They had a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like... And then I had let him co-host on a Sunday one time, and he went crazy. He cursed on a Sunday, didn't he? He started talking about the damn devil on a Sunday, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> nah, nah. I think he had interviewed... Uh, I forgot it was Asher Roth, and they were going at it on the air. And, you know, uh, Charlemagne is Charlemagne. That's who he is. So. Always. You know, I wasn't mad at it, but the company was like, why is he here? And I'm like, bro, like, we're trying to bring in talent. Like, it's hard arguing with a company when you're trying to bring in talent, right? They're not looking for talent. We're bring- It's our talent. It's, our- it's our- ours, meaning, like, we get to bring in whoever we want. 
uh, we went, we get to bring in whoever we want. So if I'm bringing in talent and I'm saying, telling the talent, like, there's no money here, but there's an opportunity, you know, and they're like, I'm with it, Nels. We just want to be a part of it, you know? Uh, and then you turn around saying, nah, that's not a good look or that's not. And I'm like, bro, like, serious? Like, it's free. Right. It's, first of all, it's a free opportunity, but you ain't paying them no money, but you shouldn't be arguing about it. Try it out first. They didn't even want to try it out. And then I started getting fed up, and I just saw the difference. I'm like, why am I arguing about this? So I started focusing more on the Internet, and then not only that, I wanted to start a management company and and do a bunch of different things. And I kind of felt the G-Unit thing was really going to be over, like in 12, 13, but it really was over in 14. So for like two years, I was just there going like a zombie. Damn. And yeah, and I was just like, I was trying, but... It, it, you know, you don't want to be somewhere your best bet is, you know, wait till you get out of there. Or, you know, in the music industry, you actually wait till you get fired because you leave with money. If you quit, you don't leave so with money. So black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, so, uh, you know, I didn't have a plan B to go to another company, and I didn't, but I did want to start a company. Right. So what I did was I was just getting my connections right and uh, building the company, and I just started consulting people. And then when I was out, I already had an office space downtown Manhattan, and I was just working on Troy Ave., I brought in Troy Ave. How like, did right? that go? Like, because I know there was a point where it kind of felt like Troy was taking shots on his team, like saying right. that they didn't do enough. And it was like, I'm not going to lie to you, Money Nels. Right. I, prior to Troy and all of his, like, with the shooting and everything, mm -hmm. I met him. And right. he had an arrogant persona from <laughs> jump. He And it's like, it's one thing to believe in yourself and to walk in your purpose, and it's another thing to make someone feel like you think you're better than them. And it's like, bro, like, is your rent even being paid right now? Like, I don't know. I don't right. know who you are. For me, uh, I, it would be something to laugh at yeah. when I was around because I'm like, whatever you're being arrogant about is really nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you haven't done shit. What made you bring him to G-Unit with him sounding so much like 50 anyway? <clears throat> well, because even if he sounded like 50, 50 was 10 years before that. And he wasn't in the mix. And he sounded good. There was a moment where um, we're not going to sit here and lie to each other. Like, in 2014... He had that song. Troy Ave... No, he didn't just have a song. He had a mixtape called New York City, which he dropped in November, and then turned around in December and dropped White Christmas 2. And both tapes had incredible music on it. Uh, and I just felt like he was in... When you see an artist in a zone like that, you just let them be. Let them... You know, they like to put out music. They want to put it out tomorrow. Yeah, go ahead. It's, it's, you're on the internet. So it's... Uh, what do you call it? It's an even playing field now. Do whatever you want. So at that time, I heard the New York City, the album, and I, and I really just was listening one weekend. Right when it first came out, I remember it was... I think it was November 1st or 2nd of, of uh, 13 it came mm -hmm. out. And uh, I heard it, and I text. First, I text. Uh, I think it was Hovind or Troy Ave, and I said, "Hey, want to interview you guys? Can you come up to Shade Four Five? And they came up, and it was just them two. And then, you know, first thing I told Troy was like, you know, uh, the planets are lining up, huh? And he looked at me like, what? Like, why would you say that? I said, yo, the music is connecting now. You know what I mean? Like, and. So, you know, he had a bunch of records. He had New York City, uh, the record on there. He had Cigar Smoke. He mm -hmm. had everything with Pusha T. He had incredible records on there. And I was like, I'm playing the records on the air, and the DJ's playing, and I'm like, bro, this is a record. This is a record. So after he got off the air, I said, you know what? Let me help you out. You know what I mean? So I sat down respectfully. Artists are going to be artists. They live on the 30th floor while right. we live on the first floor. Not saying we don't... They don't live in reality, but we live in reality. Right. So reality is this. Hey, 
this is me. Hey, you should check out this Troy Ave. Fuck that. That nigga's whack. You ain't going to tell that to Troy Ave. Right. But you'll tell me that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, going back to that, I was like, let me help you out. Let me give you better guidance. So basically what happened was their vehicle was moving. I just gave them navigation and Nas. You know what I mean? I gave them speed and navigation. We're going to go this way, go this way, and watch what happens. And then... Uh, Troy was like, well, damn, you like this music. I got more music coming next month. And I was like, what? So he played me your style. He played me a bunch of new records with Ty Dollar Signs and 2 Chains. And I was just like, all right, this kid is in the zone. I'm not going to stop him. We're going to go. Whatever you want to do, just drop it, and I'm just going to navigate. I'm going to navigate. So now that's my ending of being a G unit because at the time I'm actually hiding walking Troy into meetings like at Def Jam and other right. labels with Hovain and saying, and E1 and stuff like that, like, yo, we got Troy, we got Troy. And it was like, well, why don't you just bring him to G? And I was like, yeah, well, that's the first place I went to. But, fifth, you know, he was busy doing movies. He didn't see it. You know what I'm saying? So. Do you think 50 was threatened by him? Because, like, as much as, like, even with G Unit, I always think sometimes that I don't know if Lloyd Banks got in his own way or if it was 50. Like, what was the down? Like, does 50 really want to promote anybody other than 50? I, I can't. I mean, that's a question you have to ask them if they are, are they on their own way. Right. But I I will have to say no looking from this side because at the beginning what 50 did was pass what a homeboy network does. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I'm not only am I getting you the deal, I'm also going to be featured on your record. You're talking about with 50 selling 11 million records. And I'm going to help you with the video and I'm going to help you with touring and you're going to be on my tour. Why go do a $10,000 show when you can make 50 with me? So I don't believe that Fifth hurt them or did anything. But I'm not, I'm not saying hurt them. I don't believe that Fifth was in their way. Right. I believe Fifth just opened up the door so big for them that when it was like, all right, now you go do it on your own. They, they were, didn't know. Not saying they didn't know. They was just like, they used to we're going to go this way. It. Yeah, yeah. And they so it's like, okay, well, Fifth is busy doing a million things, but now we got to do our own shows. We got to do our own bookings. And, you know, sometimes some people are good with that. that you know, Fifth is a great businessman. You know, not to say any less about Banks or, or Ye or, or Buck, but it takes, uh, you know, it takes a lot to do that. Like, Fifth is a guy that didn't sleep. Like, I will, you know, our first promo tour is if this is how our first 60 days were. It was like morning radio. Now, at the time, remember, there's no Internet. Right. So, so when you get to a market, you're doing two pop stations in the morning two urban stations and two rhythm stations between the hours of 6 to 10 a.m., right? That's when you get into the market. You do that. Then after that, around 2 or 3, we go do uh, Best Buy in-stores to sign CDs. Right. So that's like between 3 and 5. Then after that, we'll go do the afternoon drive with a different jock, this, this, and that. Then at night, we're doing a show. And then sometimes doing an after party, or if not do an after party, do a second show, and then we get on the bus, sleep on the bus, and do the same thing the next morning. So the bus will pull up to the station and we do it again. Do it again. Right. Or if not, we go to the hotel, take a quick shower, and then go straight out. So get your sleep on the bus. And Fifth wasn't sleeping. He'll go and record in the back. He'll have a studio. So he was really, and still is to this day, a big workaholic. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's, it's hard to match that energy. That's true. You know, so, and you you could tell from, if you look at the energy of 2002, 2003, 4, 5, like, I, I, by the time I get, I'll go visit him and hear a new record. And he's like, yo, I think I want to go with this. So, you know, what do you think, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me start preparing. Going home. I'll go home and burn records on my CD, you know, 12 trade thing that I would have or get ready to ship it out. You know, we didn't have MP3s at the time. 
he's already calling me about another record. Like when I get home and I'm over here just setting things up and typing and, you know, putting a flyer together and stuff like that. So, you know, that's just how, you know, when you're in the zone, that's how I love it. When you're in the zone, just go. go when you it. were ready to leave, was he fighting to keep you or did he just... Nah, we, me and him wasn't seeing eye to eye at all. Right. We wasn't seeing eye to eye and I just felt, I knew it was over two years before that. Like, you know, my last day there was 2012, you know, technically in the company it was 2014. You right. know what I'm saying? The shit was over. It was over. Like... I felt I fell in love working there with the guy who made the music and had a drive. Chris Lighty. You could not. Well, no, really fifth. Okay. Fifth, because, you know, Chris was the management, but as far as five, it was like, we're going to do this. I'm going to put out this record. Or sometimes I'd be like, nah, that might not be the record. Let me play the DJs this record and play them yours and then see what we come back with. You know what I mean? Like, we were really involved like that. How so, did you do that? Like, I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but that's very hard. Because 50 was not, he didn't come in in like pink roses and flowers and candy for everybody. He came in a fucking hater. So yeah. like for you, because it's different. Like now, like even, I want to I know your opinion because Star, because you, you said it before, Star is back. So now Star is now the host of Everyday Struggle. And I, I, feel, like, mm -hmm. I feel like that's because back in the day when you got blackballed, you were that. Yeah, it was you that, were that's it. Mm -hmm. But now because of the new millennials and it's cool to be a rebel and mm -hmm. like it's different. So so with you, it wasn't cool to be a rebel. It was like 50 is talking shit about the whole industry. He's talking about robbing the industry. Yeah. He's saying certain things about certain people. He's naming names. Mm -hmm. So how did you push that? All right. So <laughs> for me, I've always looked at it. Fifth, we had an understanding from day one. Like He was like, your job here is to do radio. If animal shit got to happen, that's what these niggas is here for. He would call them crash test dummies. You know what I mean? That's what they're here for. And I'm like, nah, in my section, it wouldn't get that far. And if it did, you know. Y'all handle it. Like, yeah, well, I mean, we'll handle it. But a lot of it was a respect level. At the beginning, it was hard because I, we, were, we were hitting walls. But, um, you know, really, when you, have, when you make dope records, you can't deny heat. You know what I'm saying? And the whole thing was like, okay, Friday the DJ didn't like it. I'm going to come back Saturday. I'll come back Monday. Or I'll find the other DJ that's going to play and then come back to him after he hears it on his show. And then, you know, just, uh, you know, it pretty much never give up. You know what I'm saying? So you never had to have a conversation with 50, like, yo, calm down. It's it's, it's getting a little harder now. Like, we don't know how to push nah, it. Make I, niggas nervous. Like, listen. We if said, if, I if smell you got, pussy. Nah. Is that you, Ja? That was easy to push. <laughs> that was very easy. <laughs> At that time, it was we were the underdog. So it was like, we was just going. We was like, I, I clearly remember. I'll, get, I'll tell you the best story. Who kid didn't want to put out that record? I think there was a thing where fifth... No, this is how it is. I think this is how it went, right? Right. Uh, and maybe one day y'all can speak to who kid about it. Fifth went and did a CD called Automatic Gunfire, where I smell pussy. All them disc records yeah. was on there, right? And now, the funny... The beginning, the origins of that CD starts like this. Monday morning, Ja Rule's on a promotional tour. He stops by Storm Buckwild's morning show. And he gives them, you know, starts, yo, 50s pussy, blah, blah. We beat the nigga up. We got, look at these paperwork. And it was the order protection thing, right. whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. At the time, I knew Star, because, you know, I deal with radio. Star called me. He's like, yo, Murder Inc. just left. This guy just left a bunch of paperwork. If you want Fifth to call behind that, you know, he can call. You know what I mean? I said, send me the paperwork. Mind you, he's faxing me the paperwork to my office. Right. So he faxes me the paperwork, and I'm looking. You know, you see whatever it is. So Fifth goes, I call Fifth and I say, yo, I got some paperwork here. I got to tell you about what happened in the interview. Remember, there's no right. no uh, streaming, none of that right. stuff. Fifth is in Detroit recording. 
with M. But uh, Get Richard Die Trying. So he goes, what are you talking about? I said, uh, Ja Rule was up there promoting this morning, talking mad shit. And he left paperwork of you and order protection. Right. You know what I mean? He's like, send me that shit right now. So I send it to him. Now I'm calling the hotel, faxing it to the hotel. Right. He calls me back. I said, what do you want to do? Uh, he goes, he's on a promo tour, which is, this was the genius shit. I said, yeah, he's on a promo tour. So he goes, all right, do me a favor. <laughs> I don't want to get no, I ain't going to say no names. So I'm just, just follow me with this. He goes, find out every radio station he's going to. Oh. Right? So I said, all right, cool. So I said, I went and I called somebody at Dev Jam and I played it off like this. I said, yo, listen, I work over here with Fifth and I know the person. I said, you're over there with Ja. I'm going to be going to radio. I don't want to bump heads with these guys, which is the truth. I don't want to bump heads with these guys. So would you mind giving me his promo tour just to make sure we're not in the same cities or we're in the same places because the shit could go bad. You know what I mean? That's Which smart. is, that's true. Yeah, but you right? knew what you was doing. Right. So I, but I'm saying this to as the excuse, I get the promo to, I send it to Fifth. This is before Get Rich or Die Try right. drops. And he goes, all right, do me a favor. He said, where's he at tomorrow? I said, he's in Boston. He said, every time he leaves the radio station, call the radio station and ask him, do they want my reply? Uh... Right. So <laughs> I said, Okay, we in the mix. Let's go. You know what I mean? Now, at the time, I'm catching fire from Interscope and Chris Lighty. Like, yo, why would you let this guy call radio? Right. You know this shit is real out here, blah, blah, And I was just, I was telling, uh, I was working at Shady Records. So Shady was more cool with it. But uh, Interscope and Violator was like, yo, we're not good with that. We're not good with that. And I would just tell him, I don't work for y'all. Y'all take that shit up with Fifth. That's what he wants to do. He calls me, I plug him. Y'all could just take it out with Phil. That's what me and Chris would have would bump heads all the time. And Interscope, we would bump heads all the time. So Shady Records, like, do it. If right. that's what he wants you to do, go right. do it, do it, do it. So I would do it. And then, so it, basically what I'm trying to tell you is Ja Rule's promo tour became our promo tour. And then we dropped Get Rich or Die Trying. And we did another promo tour where now we're physically up there talking about the new record and what we just did. And then, so the Automatic Gunfire CD, like I said, that paperwork came in monday morning i sent it to fifth by wednesday he had that whole cd recorded so when he came into town he said i want to meet up with you where you at i said yo i'm over here by uh the record label he's like meet me at rock and soul i clearly remember this he goes meet me at rock i pull up to rock and soul he was doing the interview came outside he said come in the truck he's playing me i, I get uh i smell pussy he's playing me you know <laughs> right, the first the, 10 records right, the first right, uh, right. the first six records he's dissing all of them right so and then the skits, remember the skits were in there. What do we be talking about, my baby? Whatever yeah. it was. So I was just like, "Yo, <laughs> this." Were you is... nervous for him? No, I'm like, "Fuck that, let's go, <laughs> let's go." I'm like, because these records is not original records for the record company. Right. They're for the streets. Yeah. So I'm good with that. To me, that's development. You know what I'm saying? Like we developing him so hard that by the time his album comes, we good. You know what I mean? So he goes, "Can you have this CD out tomorrow?" And I said. Where? Like, what are we doing? He goes, who kid taking too long? He ain't going to have it out by Saturday or Sunday. I want this shit out tomorrow. So I was like, all right, cool. So this is where Big Mike's, right. DJ Big Mike's career right. comes in. I called DJ Big Mike. I said, I'm sitting on 11 bangers right now from 5th that's not going to come out till next week. Can you get this shit out tomorrow morning? I'm going to give Mike all the credit in the world. It was Wednesday. I went home. Mike met me at my house. 
He went to the printing that night. He printed up probably about 40,000 CDs. And the next morning, by Friday morning, he had all them shits on Jamaica Avenue. I'm telling you, the essence of that type of shit is gone, though. <laughs> oh, no, it is. But this like, is, it's a different the time. The best you yeah. could do is drop your shit at midnight. Yeah, like, yeah. That, nah, that, it's a different that time. That feel? A, yeah. But, you know, it was, when we did that, the way we did it, it was, we're going based on what's happening. It was like, you shoot at me, I'm going to shoot back, blah, blah. And who does it better? So while Ja was still on promo tour, now he's got to talk about that CD with all the disc records. Right. He got to talk about Fifth. And then here comes Fifth after he walks out the radio station calling the radio with the station. Rebuttal. Yeah, so it was just, it was like, it was, you can't even script that marketing. Like, it was just like, let's just do it. I'll get in trouble later. And I did, because Chris Lighty called me. He was like, yo, cops is calling. <laughs> cops is calling the fucking office. They came up here talking about Fifth, talking about he going to kill somebody on site, on radio, this, this, and that. I said, yo, all right, cool. So talk to Fifth. Like, you keep talking to me about it. He's like, but you're helping him. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I work for him. I work for Shady Records. I don't work for you. Like, stop talking to me about it. Talk to the man about it. You know what I'm saying? What I'm going to do, start hiding from him. Next thing you know, I don't have a fucking job. Right. You know what I mean? So that that was just, that energy was just unmatched at the time. You know what I mean? How do you feel about 50 Cent reigniting the beef with Ja Rule? I don't know. Matter of fact, matter of fact, yeah. let's take a quick break. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, I'll get his answer. Mm-hmm. You are locked on Miss Listen Knows, and I have the one and only Money Nails. We have to get your money up. Al. What's up? It's your boy, Trav Q, and you are tuned in to Miss Listen Knows. And we are back. I'm sitting here with Money Nails. Do your Googles. Matter of fact, <laughs> you don't need to do your Googles. Listen to the rest of this episode. This man helped G-Unit to be what it is right now. From G-Unit Radio, from 50 Cent, and all of the mogulness, it takes somebody to hold you down. And Money Nails was holding him down. And I have been waiting for this interview for three years. <laughs> three years. You kind of Hollywood talk me, but I was like, you know what? I gotta set my cookies up. I'm not gonna uh, even. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. Yeah, I, I don't do much interviews either, so this is probably like you're not gonna see me much. But you know, um, it was a, you know, a lot of the stuff that we did back then was a great team effort. Everybody really played their position. Like it's, uh, you know, if it's basketball, you, you want to use a basketball analogy. Fifth is Michael Jordan. Uh, Chris Lighty is, is uh, what's his name, the coach? Oh. No, Chris Lighty is the coach. I'm a guard, you know what I mean? Uh, Shop Money was another guard. Banks is the center. You know what I mean? Every It, it was a collective. Who's the bench warmer? Bench warmers back then? Probably the, the yeah, people, the people that came in after we blew up. How you like, is it yeah, yo? Is it yeah, yo? Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yo? No, Actually, like yeah, yo went to jail. I yeah, really yo. like yeah, yo. I yeah. met him recently. He's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah, he went to jail right off the rip. He's so nice. Yeah, jail, yeah, yo went to jail. So we, but you know, as far as like the core media team, I, de- I definitely have to say, besides me, it was 50, Shaw Money, Chris Lighty, Lloyd Banks, um... Damn, I don't want to leave another. What at about the time, Hollywood Kev, because he always looking at bitches on yeah, the but, internet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but Kev, Kev, Kev came in when G Unit, the company, opened up. Oh. But when it was the original, like right. Fifth, just being an artist, it was just us. Oh, and then you know, I, I'm gonna give also to um, Mike Lighty, uh, Chris Lighty's brother. He did a lot of show bookings at the beginning, like all the the mixtape tour. A lot of that stuff was him too. And you know, back then it's not Instagram. You have to sit there and take phone calls, do the contract. You know, it's 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 a different vibe. You know what I mean? Like so, um, I think that to me it was the oh, and my bad, James Cruz too. I will give James because James worked with with Chris, so 
Somebody whose name you said a lot today, and so I have to ask you how you feeling, is Star. So Star is now back on. Mm-hmm. He's, it felt like he got blackballed, but he's back again. So he's now co-hosting Everyday Struggle on Complex. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about that? You being a talent extraordinaire, you knowing him personally, is this a good move for Complex? Um, I'll be honest with you. I just saw it today for the first time, and it was entertaining. Uh, you know, and I think people were, it was crazy because I was reading some comments and stuff like that. And then, you know, it's, it's, we're going to see where it goes because of the younger de- generation. Yeah. The, the younger demographic doesn't really know who he is. And they don't give a fuck. They don't. They don't. But then you saw the older demographic like, yeah, take them to school. Take them to school. And I think it's, it's, it's great content. It's just a balance. And, you know, that's what makes also the Breakfast Club dope. It's a dope ass balance. You know what I mean? That's what makes, uh, who kids show dope because it's, he has a balance up there. You know, he has female co-hosts and stuff like that. You got to have a balance. Anything that you do great, you have to have a balance. It's like a marriage. That's how I feel. You know, if you got a dope-ass fucking family in your house, because you have a dope balance. Like, you know, the mother does this, she the father does this. father provided. Yeah, you know what I mean? So this, that, I, I truly believe, I'm going to say this right here, anything that you see that's great, there's a great team behind it. You know what I'm saying? There's a great balance behind it. Anything that you see is great. There's no one man doing anything by themselves. Right. It's impossible for you to be the talent, do your own bookings, do your own artwork, do uh, take every phone call, call every radio DJ. Right, follow up. It looks like that. Or shoot your own videos. It looks like that, but it's really not like that. There's right. no way. That's like somebody doing 10 full-time jobs and thinking you're dope at it. It's not going to work. You know what one I mean? One thing I love about you that you said early on was that you wanted to have a female representation on your show. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that's lacking in this industry as a whole. Like the last person I saw looking like me, talking like me on mainstream radio was probably Miss Jones. Right. What do you feel like is the disconnect? <clears throat> I mean, as far as radio personalities... Yeah, because the Latinas got it good. I'm a, I almost put on my <laughs> Spanish girl hair yeah, so you would yeah. help me. Yeah, I think... Well, you know, you still got to remember, even though hip-hop culture is now, what, 30 years old? Mm-hmm. Radio and hip-hop culture is really 20 years old? As far as, like, full-time hip-hop radio and stuff like that. And I think what happens is, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think... What's going on right now is that y'all online, y'all streaming, y'all could do a bunch of different things. So people are finding it's easy to find y'all. Where before, you gotta remember, you gotta go through three, four hundred resumes. You gotta go through. Let's try her out. Let's see, you know, if she has knowledge of the game. If she don't have knowledge, what is she gonna bring? You know. And I truly believe when it comes become when when you have to be a radio personality, you gotta have the groundwork put in. You know what I mean? Right. Like you gotta be. Let me play the back seat. Okay, so the back seat means that I got to read the news and the weather. Start there. And then after that, the back seat means, hey, so we just got a report that Whitney Houston just passed away. Oh, my God, call us. Please call in. Then after that, you 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 know, you start becoming something. You know what I'm saying? You got to build it. It's not. There's no way you're going to get into a radio station and overnight you're going to beco- become a superstar. I don't, I've never seen that before. It's hard because you have, to, you, you have to have the consumer and the listener trust you. Why would I want to sit there? Remember, if you don't sit there, the shit changes, right. and there's a meter that goes to the radio station that says, yo, nobody's listening. You know what I'm saying? Like, get off the air, or get him off the air, or whatever record you're playing, get that shit off the air. You know what I'm saying? You, as a Latino, 
Do you feel like Latinos, I mean, y'all stick together way more than we do. I ain't even going to ask you that question, but do you feel like you guys have better opportunities for each other and help each other? Like, it's hard no, I for think me. I'll like, be, listen. Why? What did listen, I do check wrong, this out. Money nah, Nels? Nah, nah, listen. I came into the music industry and when Latinos was just the guys in the background. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't even really have a voice. Like, we really had to start on the street team or putting up posters at retail or stickers or getting arrested for putting up poster boards. We wasn't taking... Like, when I came in in 96, you got to remember there's the record company, there's the white music department, not the white music department, the rock department. White music. Pop department. White music. Right. (laughs) Then there's the little black department over there in the corner at the time. This is 96. And, you know, we, we were lucky to... I came in and I was lucky to have, like, the head of rap radio, OJ, as my boss, you know what I mean? And Mark Genova, but there was other record companies that didn't even have a rap department. Right. They'll put out a rap record in higher indies, but they didn't have a department. So when I came in, it was the beginning of it. That's why you got to thank Steve Rifkin at Loud. You got to thank Puff, because what they did with marketing and how to market rap records without radio play and sell millions of records was unheard of at a record company. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So going back to the Latino thing, I just think that at the beginning, we, we, we could probably relate a little bit better, but the reality is that we all grew up in the hood. You know what I mean? And if you're about your work, I don't, I don't care if you're Latino, white, black. If you're about your work, I'm going to respect it. You know what I'm saying? If you're Latino, that's even better. That's cool for me. You know what I mean? But Me ex-novio, ex-porto de Kenyo, money now. <laughs> I'm a sister. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I really was depressing and sad at, in that, at that earlier time. Is, look, we doing all the work and we ain't even getting the money they're getting. Right. You know what I'm saying? We need to figure that part out. How they getting that money and we're not getting it. And we, a lot of us gotten them opportunities and fucked them up. You know what I mean? But a lot of us also broke through and did a bunch of shit with it. You know what I mean? So I just think for us, it was not just new that hip hop culture, you know, gave us the jobs, but it was also new for us to get big money and, you know, bringing our own team and then our own team and all or our baby mom come in, she's a secretary and starts right. fucking shit up or whatever, right. this, this, and that. And it's like, you know, it's still cor- it's still a corporate structure you got to have, you know what I mean? So, you know. You mentioned Puffy, and you said that he was doing groundbreaking things. So you appreciate him and his work ethic. Mm-hmm. 50, on the other hand, does not. What was that like <laughs> being in the office? Like, are you allowed to say, like, yo, Puffy doing his motherfucking thing? I, I'll be or honest with he... you. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're like real, you know, I guess. Puffy you know, said Fifth, that he loved him. Yeah, Fifth, I think they just, look, before I started working with Fifth, mm-hmm. they were working together. Oh. Right. So, meaning mm. like, okay, so I don't know if you guys remember, uh, get this money. This, this money, money. Right. ain't no way you can take right. this from me. Ain't shit funny. Shake it, honey. It's my right. shit. I'm okay. sorry, money. So now. That's, that's my that's, shit. Did 50 right. write that? Yes. He 50 wrote, wrote that? Yes, he wrote that. So they, th- th- what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that they had a deeper history than than what's going on now. You it's know what I mean? D- is how deep is the love for me? Cause, cause Diddy said that 50 love him, right? And 50 said that <laughs> 50 said <laughs> that Diddy tried jokes. to take him shopping. <laughs> and I know the only <laughs> niggas that ever want to take me shopping probably have my penis in their mouth. Now. You mean me, their penis in your mouth. Right. Right, oh, right. Okay. But, but with 50 and 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 with 50 and 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 Diddy is two penises. So with that yeah, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Okay, perfect. I just wanted to know. Now. What Cube said, said, Bennett, I'm not in it. 
Yeah, yeah. nah, I don't. I, I just think that's just like that's just Did like a ever, that's like ever, a nigga in my neighborhood doing what I'm doing, and he has a different way of of looking at me because I did it one way. He's doing it another way. So of course, when he's getting an interview or he talks to somebody, he might say the wrong shit, and then I come through like nigga, you ain't nobody. Like, remember Puff? There's still a. Did, you got to remember, Puff. Did, did, did 50 ever tell you, like, did he come back after the, because he said it was Chris Lighty's <laughs> wedding, I think. That's what he said. And he told I wasn't you, there for that. That means you was there, bro. <laughs> no, I wasn't Don't play there with me. That. Don't play with me. Now no. you wasn't at the Me and Chris wedding. was good, but we wasn't that tight. Now bro. you wasn't at the wedding? No, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. Well, that's what he said it happened. He said that Puffy came up to him, like, take that, take that. I want to take you shopping. <laughs> So then he came back to the he office. Did he tell you something? Like, nah, yo, like, I ain't never, I ain't never, actually, I used to see him around. Like he was on the. Remember, I get money remix. So do you know what their problem? Like, what what was the issue? Like, do you money? You have to ask them. I okay. So I'm I'm gonna put this out in the universe. Fifty Curtis Jackson. Listen, you'll probably be able to ask them one day. Look I'm you going doing. to. I'm putting yeah. this in the universe. That's yeah. all I'm telling you. Because I told the universe three years ago when you Hollywood talked me. I said, listen, I'm gonna get my my moment with money nails. <laughs> I'm gonna get my moment. I'm gonna get my moment. No, he was just really busy. Was I don't mean Hollywood talk as in like, oh, darling, go. My people talk to you. He was too busy in that moment. It was too many things going on. He was trying to coordinate a radio show. I just came in to drop off some product, and then it was like, oh, meet Money Nels. And he was like, okay, cool. Da, 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 da. Right. Like, I can't do this right now. So it wasn't like Hollywood yeah, talk. Like, nah, it wasn't yeah. like Martin Lawrence and Ronnell Hill where he trying to steal my swag. It was just that you was too busy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, I stay busy, man. I'll be honest with you. Like, listen, anything great, I keep telling you, like, the, anything great that you see, there's a production behind it. You True. know what I'm saying? There's something behind it. So my whole thing is always playing behind the scenes. I'm not a person who likes to be up front or out in the front. I barely do interviews. I barely, you know, my Instagram, if you look at it, it's really about my work. It's not, and you know, I'll show off sneakers or whatever. It's just that, just because I love it. But other than that, you know, it's really the work for me. I can't speak on everybody else. Everybody else does what they do. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm happy with it. And you know, hip hop culture has got me this far. Speaking of hip hop culture, so Fifty Cent went to an interview where he was promoting his new movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Ice Cube's son was being petty. I don't know why. I don't know why. Nobody asked him nothing. He voluntarily said <laughs> that he used to love Ja Rule growing up, but then because 50 Cent said, I smell pussy, he threw all the CDs out. Yeah, he was a kid, though, when that happened. Listen, it I don't, again, I don't know why Listen. Ice Cube sent his son <laughs> to talk that good shit. No Vaseline. But somebody got fucked. And I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> somebody got fucked. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how do you feel about 50 Cent? He's clearly not going to let it go. So how do you just feel about them trying to reignite this issue? Because Ja Rule got a battery in his whole back now. Mm-hmm. He went on Twitter. He was saying certain things. He even said to call 50, like, tinkle booty or twink. Something that wasn't nice. Right. So basically, like, now he's feeling more aggression. He's feeling more bold. He's speaking out. It's a little bit too late, but how do you feel about that? I, I really don't care. It doesn't do nothing for me, but if I, you think, I think it's entertaining. To be honest with you, it's it's like a great TV show. Okay. It's kind of like, oh, look who's back talking shit, and they saying funny stuff to me because nobody has gotten killed. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody has gotten snapped. Uh, True. Uh, not now, you know, in the past 10 years or whatever. Whatever happened before, it was before me. But after that, uh, nobody's gotten killed behind it. They've been throwing shots at each other forever. It's just, well, we're talking about it now because it happened last week. I'm pretty sure if this interview was a month from now that me and you are having, 
it probably we probably be talking about the next thing that's happening. But it's just it's funny to me. To be honest with you, I really look at it like entertainment. So you, do you think that Ja Rule's like whack for even thinking to come back now? Like, bro, like it wasn't even like, cause I don't want you to have to say nothing. I'ma say it for you. It wasn't even like, <laughs> it wasn't even like Fifty Cent said anything that people didn't already kind of think. Like all they asked was they asked Fifty Cent for li- you, the listener. They asked Fifty Cent what would he do if he if he saw Ja Rule? Like would he let it go? And he was like, I already put him to sleep. Right. Basically saying I already killed him. There's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So then Ja Rule got mad and was like saying all these things. He kind of even said that he set him up. He was like, you got shot, and this already happened to you. So I was like, well, did you get him shot, y'all? Like, yeah, that's something you have Are you saying that? Job. Like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> what like, I, you know what I would tell you is this. I was I was in the middle of working. No, no, listen. The early part of that was after 50 got shot, and, then, you know, we're working the mixtape circuit, and he's coming back and being as aggressive as he was. What I will say is... We can't sit here and act like nobody was a fan of Ja Rule before Fifth came. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was. Holla, holla. All those, he had, I he still made, sang some songs. Yeah, he made great records and he's still touring off of it. I think that the pettiness boiled into the media side of it. Like, let's start picking sides. Okay. So let's say, for instance, if Ja Rule don't want to do an interview, let's go talk to Fifth. Right. You know what I mean? And then that brings more power with the interview person. Like, yeah, we got this from Fifth. Now, so whatever Fifth comes with, we're going to show all right. this love. You know what I mean? And not only that, to be honest with you, you wouldn't be talking about Fifth if he didn't have, he made records. He made not just one record. Like, there was a moment from 2002 to 2007, 8, you cannot, there's nothing you couldn't do. This guy was making hit records and selling millions of records. Like, the last guy out of New York City to sell records of, of that magnitude is there hasn't been one except for Jay, but that's because Jay's still here it's doing that's what he true. does. But besides that, I mean, 11, well, 15 million now on the first album, 13 million on the second, third, and then, you know, the soundtracks, and then Banks doing 3 million. Like, that's a lot of game doing 5 million. Like, there was a lot of. In the first seven years, Did we sold 50, 50 million Did game records. really get along? I'm sorry, Money Nails, but you here. So I just like, <laughs> it's certain questions that I would ask them, but they not here. And you was there. Like, right. What was that nah, like? Nah, they were good. I think it was just the people around everybody. You know? yeah. Everybody just had a, you know, you know what happens when you got your own crews, everybody gets in your ear. So entourages are kind of like the downfall of, like, careers for most people. Is, isn't it? Because the egos. Is it, do you never, don't you see it like that? It, no, I do. I just yeah. want to make sure you co-sign. Let me tell you it. something. I love I love entourages because it is it is dope when an artist is getting support from the people when they're nobody, and then when they become somebody, they have the same entourage. You know what I'm saying? The problem is is that you can't treat it like we're doing the same thing we were doing two years ago. Right. Like you have to grow. So if you're an entourage, you should be learning how to. Maybe I could be the road manager. Maybe I could be the guy that holds his jewelry. Maybe I could be the guy that pays his car note off. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, you are preaching, preaching. Yeah, no, so, preaching so I, no, all, all I'm saying about entourage, you got to remember, most rappers that come from a neighborhood, they don't have a job structure. Right. So when you get into the music business, that is a job structure. That is a job. The problem is they don't come with, they don't come with a manual. So what? even the rapper is falling on, on his face on certain things. Right. But when it comes to the business side of it, you have to have people around you that's done it before. And said, no, you gotta open up this bank account. You gotta write up all, like write off this, write off that. Like me working at G Unit, the best thing I ever saw 
was Fifth would pay Yeo while he was in jail. Like, for every show. You know what I mean? Like, he would pay right. him as a performer. And right. I'm like, why would you pay him as a performer? Like, he's not here. And I, I said, I get it. That's your man. I was looking at it like, that's your man, that's your man, that's your man. And Fifth had told me one day, he was like, yo, like, <clears throat> I'd rather pay him as a performer because if I don't pay him, the IRS, I got to pay the money to the IRS. So I might as well pay him and then he can cover his own Get taxes. His money, yeah. And he's my write-off. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, snap. I didn't look at it like that. That's actually how I run my business. You know what I'm saying? So if I have a marketing company and I have a promotions company, people that I have around me, I'll cover their phone bill or I'll pay their bills or even with my distro, I'm paying them for music, but it's a tax write-off at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? True. It's all under Social Security or business ID or, or tax ID, pardon me. So, okay, I just wanted to ask you this one thing because they, 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 they're handing me notes. So, <laughs> as far as the new artists are concerned, who do you feel like is the talent that should be looked out for? Okay. Because you have that Let eye. me tell you what the problem is. That there was, let me tell you what the problem with that is, right? <clears throat> when you think about new talent, you think about numbers, right? Oh, he's lit on Instagram, so he's next. He's lit on Instagram, so he's next. Right. And and uh, and that's true. You know, a lot of times it does happen like that. Somebody who overnight puts out a record and, and has an amazing amount of numbers. It does happen for them. Right. A lot of times it happens for them. Right. I really look at the artists who I just see have something of making great music, but they don't have the numbers. So when I look at Mike Classic, I think he's super dope. He's a super dope writer. And I feel like his time is going to come. I just want to be on the first floor with him. Right. So if I could guide him for now and help him out, then eventually once he does connect, we already had the relationship established from the beginning. Right. I'm not, this is a new artist. 100,000 on Instagram. Next day, 200,000. You know what they saying? I'm lit. I'm lit. I'm the nigga. I'm the shit. You can't touch me, blah, blah. That's, you know, the ego. That, that ego shit that you're Facts. talking about, right? So now, if I come when he's popping like that, or he thinks in his head that he's popping, I'm like, yo, you should do your next record like this. You should go in order by this. You should mix that record. In his head, he's probably saying, why are you telling me what to do? I'm lit. Right. I'm lit. I'm lit. I'm lit. You know, that's what they say. Look at my gram, son. I'm, I'm fly, blah, blah. Now, I'll fall back if they don't listen. When they fail, then they come calling, like, middle of the night, like, yo, man, like, Damn, you was right about that. You should I should have went with that record. Or I should have put him on this verse. Or this, this, and that. Sometimes by then it's too late. You'll never have that same energy again. And then mentally, sometimes artists, they lose it. So if you listen, then we good. We're on a ground level. And the goal is to be successful. And once you're successful, is to me, it's not even success. Once you we got to break through. Once we break through, then we got to be successful. And once we're successful, we want to be worldwide. Then after that, we want to attack the new thing, you know, whether it's movies or right. merch or, you know, endorsement deals. So it's, it's a process. All that's a process. But you got to have a foundation. Speaking of that, I want you to come. Oh, my God. So with <laughs> the, I knew this was going to happen. Will you come back? I know you don't like to do interviews, but would you come no, back no, as no. a co-host? Yeah, yeah. That's like what that. I'm feeling. I want to like try that. out different co-hosts. I want to try out different energies. I knew you was going to do this. I mm -hmm. have to have you come back. What is your Instagram and your Twitter, your social media handles? Uh, everything is at Money Nels, M-O-N-E-Y, N-E-L-S. Uh, Facebook, that's for family and friends. So, 
You don't need to know that. <laughs> right. But Twitter and Instagram, yeah, that's it. It's all money nails. I just feel like you have so much more to give. Yeah. And I have so much more to ask. Like, <laughs> I wanted to, to give you a whole list of artists and just have you tell me. But it's like, you're you going to be giving free. No, no, I want to. I ha- I mean, I have, you know, it's Marlon Craft. There's a bunch of artists that I look at. You know what I'm saying? And I look at them when they're babies because I just think that they're dope. They got something. And when they got a work ethic and you're striving, you know, one thing, one good thing about artists is when they're building it, they're trying to make the next product better than the last one. Right. So that's where I'm at where they're like, wow, you in your bag. Well, you're about to get in your bag. And I just want to be right there to catch it. And I just feel like I want to put you in a room with more girls. You got so much to teach the ladies because that's one of the issues that I feel in this industry. The ladies don't network the same way the men do. There's this cattiness. There's a certain energy that we are built to have against certain women. Like, I'm not scared of y'all bitches. I invite you to all (laughs) the... I'll invite you to my interviews. You can come to my podcast. Meet me at the event, and I'm still going to kill it because my blessings are my blessings, but everybody don't think like that. So you definitely got to come back. Make sure you follow Money Nails on Instagram, Twitter, and follow him on... Real life. Like, go find him in Brooklyn. You still in Brooklyn? No, nah, no, nah, I'm in Jersey. Okay, I'm over around. I just oh, and my bad. And also at Brands of Lifestyle. Oh. That's my Instagram because that's my company. Uh, so, yeah, you can find me at Brands of Lifestyle, too. If somebody was looking for, like, consulting or help with their music, do you still provide that? Yeah, hit me so, on the DM. I usually, you know, I'll do, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a fair person, you know. Uh, if you sit down with a lawyer, it's 300 an hour. If you sit down with me, it's less than that. You know what I mean? Hello, you got to pay for intellectual property. I was talking yeah. about this last week, and we're going to talk more next week. It's your girl, Miss Listen Knows. Don't go to no other podcast. And to <laughs> you, don't forget, like us, drop a comment, tell a friend, subscribe, and brush your hair and brush your teeth. And until next time, <laughs> Al. <laughs>